Welcome to Maximize Your Influence, your resource for the top persuasion, influence, and negotiation techniques that will help you maximize your success in life and business. And now, here are your hosts, Kurt Mortensen and Steve Olson. Welcome to episode 137 of Maximize Your Influence. I'm Steve Olson, and I have Kurt Mortensen here with me. A reminder, as always, to follow us on Twitter at InfluenceMax. Like us on Facebook. You can just punch in Maximize Your Influence on the search bar on Facebook. And always important, go to universityofpersuasion.com to get free daily and weekly tips on how you can become a better persuader. It reminds you every day and every week of what you got to do. Kurt, how you been? Been feeling good, loving the warmer weather, didn't travel, so got a lot done. Got nice. a lot done when you don't travel. Isn't that amazing? You think you're going to get stuff done when you travel. I'm going to work know. on the plane. A whole stack on the plane and the hotel room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't work. You get to the hotel when you're done, and you're just like, yeah, I'm going to watch Sports Center and order some chicken wings. That's me. <laughs> <laughs> it is. After eight hours, it's like, uh, yeah, I can't even think straight. I know. The worst is when somebody wants to talk to me, like do a conference call after I've been speaking all day. <laughs> it is a challenge. Oh. Are you tired? Are you feeling okay? Yes, I am tired. I'm tired, and I'm not feeling okay. You're getting sloppy Steve right now. That's right. That's all you get. Yeah, the podcast has had sloppy Steve and sloppy Kurt before. It has. I, you know, firing at 87%, I think it was the last time, or yeah. well, about, about a month ago. But, hey, I'm back at... 98.4 percent how's 98.4 glad you got that measured thank Woo, you we were all very concerned meter, meter here by my desk That's yes right. <laughs> i'm headed off in in just a few minutes to the annual fly fishing trip up to montana Woo, you love that that's like therapy for you you go with your dad don't you go with my dad my brothers yeah it's it's a great time it's it's good for the soul so montana little little uh note for everybody i think it's the only state i don't know maybe wyoming too but Montana does not stock their fisheries. All of the fish in rivers in Montana are natural and native. You know, they do their own breeding, everything. Nobody's dumping farm fish into those rivers. So it's pretty cool. And you have no speed limits. So what do you want? No speed limits. Total hey, anarchy. you got a little bit of everything. Because <laughs> yeah. there's nobody around and there's a wide open space. But beautiful. little piece of heaven if you haven't been there and get some therapy. And I'm assuming cell phones aren't going to work, so you're going to feel pretty good once you decompress and get into the game yeah you got a cell phone detox which takes yeah. a, about a day to a day and a half and you realize okay the world didn't end i'm just fine and uh, maybe i just want to throw this phone in the river now yeah. and then you got to get back to reality and like oh man which is terrible but yeah as i've learned recently when you come back from a vacation or a trip of some kind and you tell people oh i'm so stressed i was on vacation Nobody cares. Nobody feels sorry for you. <laughs> shut up and do what you said. <laughs> yeah, shut up. You're back now. I, I sent you 10 emails, and I don't care that you were on vacation. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's how it goes. But we're here today to continue what we talked about last week on trust. We were talking about competence and uh, how that can be perceived or, or increased in the eyes of your prospects. And we talked uh, on the Geeky Article moment last week about oxytocin, which Kurt somehow pronounced correctly. Congratulations to Kurt. And uh, <laughs> it's an actual chemical that if you ingest it, or I think smell it, you're going to trust people more. So, yeah, they actually smell it. They're squirting things in people's noses, and all of a sudden, trust. Yep, yep. 
So all of our listeners from the dirtbag demographic are, have been trying to <laughs> synthetically produce oxytocin since the last episode. Yeah, we want to know how your lab experiments are going. Feel free to send us your feedback on that. <laughs> yeah, let us know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How's it going? For you. Yeah, I just uh, picker, picturing a, a Breaking Bad guys in yellow chem suits and trying to make oxytocin. So, or, they get, they're, or they're talking to the guy in the street corner saying, "You got any oxytocin?" And like, <laughs> oxytocin, and then it's a bad news from. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it goes yeah. downhill from there. Yep, yep. So we definitely ruined some lives uh, from. <laughs> We try to change lives and make things better for you, but we may have uh, taken one in the loss column last week. But apologize for that. Yeah, yeah. But now Kurt gets to do what he looks forward to every single week, and he gets to cue up the Urkel. All right, Urkel, go. <laughs> yeah, way to act like you're so put out. I appreciate that. <laughs> I feel put out, so I have to act like it. it's just such a drag hitting that button. <laughs> so. For you, a sound I don't approve of, but I haven't found a better one yet. That's, yeah, we're, we're moving forward. I have challenged you many times I, to find a better one. Obviously, you don't hate it that bad. I tried the Scooby-Doo, but that didn't seem to pull very well. Look, you know people in your life that uh, they find it easier to complain than to change? Yeah. They're, where they're just like, ah, oh, my life stinks. But it's easier to complain than it is actually do something better. Life. That's you with Urkel. So, <laughs> that is yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You've got an article from Psychology Today about how easy or hard it is for us to trust certain people, from what I understand. Yeah, it's getting a lot tougher. Shocker. Yeah, we knew that. We've talked about that. And this comes from Po Chi Wu, PhD, just so you know, in Psychology Today, talking <laughs> about, you know, how can we inspire positive change if we're increasingly distrustful, right? He talks about that. And he says, as a society, we're becoming less rational, more susceptible to emotional influences, less trusting. And there are plenty of signs that support this. And it's, you know, where's this happening? What's going on? And we know one of them, just from the research that I've done, is that we're so busy and we're hit with 5,000 persuasive messages a day, according to Advertising Age magazine, that we have to make quicker decisions. We have to follow that instinct. And that's part of trust, and that's true. When you meet someone for the first time, in a matter of seconds, they're going to decide if they trust you or not. So he's trying to figure that out, and it's a lot of stuff that I've quantified also. And he looks at, okay, what are the rational factors of trust? Accurate information, consistency of information, reliable sources, how complete is the information, third-party validation, what we call social validation on the show, clear delivery of information, the presentation itself, and then he talks about the non-rational factors, which is a big focus for us, those subconscious triggers. He talks about transparency or how the person interprets a message. Is it believable? And that's what's interesting. I'm assuming you always tell the truth, but the truth isn't always believable in how you present that. I mean, there's a lot of things on infomercials that I'm assuming are truthful, but are they believable? Maybe non-rational factors could be gaps in the information, third-party questions that have come up. Maybe the non-elements of the delivery body language, are you congruent, those type of things make a big factor. So trust is an all-time low. We've talked about that, and the emotional factors are increasing. So he says, if we as a society are becoming increasingly distrustful, what does that bode for our future? What does that look like? How do we fix that? So he didn't come up with a lot of solutions. He's just like, oh, this is a problem. I'm like, well, thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. It was interesting as far as how he broke down the rational factors, the non-rational factors, and I'm going to add my two cents to it. Is It is, we're busier, we have access to more information, we have to 
make quicker decisions. And so we rely on that instinct, that intuition, that impulse a lot more in that and realize that you can have all the logic in the world. But if your body language doesn't match your message, if your voice doesn't match your message, people are going to say, oh, not trusting. Even though you're a good, trustworthy person, we talked about last week, does not mean people trust you. That's going to be really hard for persuaders because like the author, and I'm not even going to try to pronounce that name, but like, <laughs> like they said, it's are we headed to a zero trust? And I think in a zero trust environment, it would just commoditize everything, right? When you go get gasoline, you just look on the sign and you know that for the most part, I mean, gas is the same across the street. It's roughly the same quality, but you, you just look at price and that would just make persuaders obsolete, right? I mean, it would make car salesmen and insurance salesmen obsolete. You would just, people would pick out on the menu like they're ordering a cheeseburger at McDonald's. Yeah, and I'll take the flip side of that too. With that, with people becoming less and less trustful, if you're the type of persuader that's doing it right, that has the trust, people are going to be attracted to you. You're going to stand out. You're going to be the one selling 10 times more than other people because you're doing it the right way. So it's actually good news to the members of the podcast and, and universityofpersuasion.com because as you use these techniques, you're doing it the right way. And so many are doing it the wrong way with trust being low that you'll actually get more prospects because your trust levels are much higher. Yeah, that is true. That is true. So it's going to commoditize you if you're not trustworthy. I guess a good sign, because we're always, like you said last episode, we all think that we're trustworthy. And well, many of us probably are, but it's a perception from the prospect that really tells the tale there. But if you find yourself increasingly having to negotiate on money and on price, and you're going lower and lower, you're probably not trustworthy because in a world where that's in increasingly under attack, you're going to get commoditized. You're going to be gasoline or a cheeseburger, and that's what you're reduced to. A double cheeseburger? A Baconator. <laughs> oh, we love the Baconator. Yeah. As featured on this show before, the double Baconator. <laughs> the double Baconator. Yeah, that's pretty good. I got to tell you, I, I have a very serious problem, okay? This is a food problem. Uh, I moved my office recently, and across the street, my office is in a part of town that's kind of older, historic, and is up and coming. People are remodeling all these old brick buildings, and you know the boutiques and the little restaurants and the things are all coming in, which is fun. It's very cool, but there's this bakery across the street, and it has this evil, evil thing called a cronut. Have you ever heard of a cronut? Isn't that check? No, no, that I know what you're talking about. Um. I think that's a kolach, what you're talking oh, about. Oh, kolachi or something like yeah, that. Kolachi. Yeah, kolachi. Okay, yeah. And right. I got one of those across the street, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, you were the expert on this. All right, go yeah, ahead. Yeah, you're going to have to hold out until episode 138 for the kolachi, or however you say it. A cronut is this mutant Frankenstein dessert that is a breed between a croissant and a donut. And donut. Yeah, it's just think of a donut made out of a croissant dipped in sugar, stuffed with like dulce de leche or chocolate or Bavarian cream, and then sprinkled with powdered sugar. It's a real problem. It's uh, like a great mid-afternoon treat, but if you do that every mid-afternoon, that could be a problem. That's what I'm seeing here, because it's right there. I can see it out my window, and you're getting into the mid-afternoon. I, I don't know. Maybe I have no willpower. Some people out there just don't care. They have more and they're thinking, Steve, you are pathetic. And I agree with you. I am. These cronuts, these are going to be a problem. So 
I'll, I'll be putting on some weight. All right. All right. Well, we'll gauge your weight. We'll have you announce your weight every show. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> Public shaming. Yeah, yeah. That always works. Yeah. Every every time I'm going to go, I'll just listen to the podcast knowing that uh, you're going to be humiliating me on that's the air. Right. You know, hey, that's one of the tools of persuasion. Not always the best tool, but it could work. <laughs> the law of humiliation. Yeah. There we go. Short term, right. highly levered. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, that was a little bit of a food tangent, but uh, oh, they're so good. (laughs) (laughs) Probably be getting one today after all that. Probably so. Can't talk about it that much and not do it. That's right. Yeah. So last week, uh, like I reminded everybody, we were talking about trust and it's about competence. And we were kind of going back and forth a little bit on, is that the only thing that you need? No, obviously. But Kurt made a very good point that I actually thought about a lot during the week, which was you have to, you're the expert in your product. Start acting like it. Right. And other ways man up, you're the expert, you know, show your prospect that that's what you are and you can't cross over into arrogance there, but that's one part of it. Certainly. And I raised the point that we know plenty of competent people that are crooks and are not trustworthy. And that's how we're going to try to round these two episodes out as well. Yeah, you're, you're competent, but then what? People still might not trust you. Where do you go from there? Fair summary, Kurt? Fair summary. You're on it. On it. All right. So how do we make that transition? We're competent. People think we know what we're talking about, but they don't trust us yet. Yeah. So we went, talked a little bit about character. We talked about competence. And again, again, you're the expert. Act like it. I mean, this is important. But a lot of times when you start acting like it, you cross some lines and people are like, wait a minute, who is this person? And so one of the things that makes a huge difference with trust is confidence, right? Your assurance, your belief, your conviction, and you have to have that confidence. Now, here's the challenge with this is you think you're confident in your demeanor and your presentation over the phone and what you're doing, but your prospect usually says the arrogant, cocky, condescending, and that's a huge issue. Right? They might say things like they acted like they owned the place. They treated me like a child. They didn't listen. They didn't own up to their mistakes. They never answered my question. They always have to be right. These are things they're saying about you after I've interviewed them, after they've lied to you because they didn't trust you because you came across as not confident. Again, the opposite of being cocky or condescending or arrogant. You have to be able to avoid that. And it's a fine line that you can't cross because when you're confident, trust, no confidence. Arrogance, no trust. Arrogance and confidence. So I think we know the difference between those two things. But then again, a lot of people think they're trustworthy too. (laughs) So we probably ought to clarify what what we assume to be obvious here. Well, let's give some tools here so you don't cross that line. When you are in the persuasive situation, you have to be open to feedback. You have to be open to listening. When you're not, you're rated as arrogant. You have to admit you're wrong. Yeah, you're right. That's a good idea. I'll, I'll change the way I'm thinking, change what I'm doing. Be honest with the strengths and weaknesses of your product. And here's the one that we all do, so easy to fix. But when you cross this line, you've crossed the line from confidence to arrogance, is that you interrupt people in the middle of the sentence. And this is just natural human instinct because you hear the same question and objections A hundred times a day, and you've got an awesome answer, an awesome response, an awesome rebuttal. And so instinctively, to save time, you think in good time management, you cut them off and you give them the answer. Good for you. Way to go. not good for you. Sure, you just saved 10 seconds, but you just crossed the line 
from confidence to arrogance because you interrupted. You have to remember, this is probably the first time they voice that question, they objection. You've got to listen, not interrupt, pause, then reply. That's good time management. Even though it's taking an extra 10 to 15 seconds, you didn't break the bond of trust. You're showing them that you really care. You're listening. You didn't interrupt. That's the biggest difference. We can all do it, whether it's face-to-face, over the phone, whatever it is, that makes a big difference. That's something we can all fix right now. Yeah, yeah. This this is just as much about the, the actual listening because I, I've seen, I've closed many, many sales in my life where I didn't answer some of the prospects' questions I couldn't. But because they felt validated and listened, even though I didn't have a good answer for them, it was good enough. And I, I actually saw a meme on Facebook about this, Kurt, this morning that said, the problem with many people is that they don't listen to understand, they listen to respond. That's exactly right. If great persuaders listen three times more. And they ask the right questions. And there's such a little secret that everyone kind of knows instinctively, but if you can really listen and ask more questions, they'll tell you everything you need to know to persuade them. It's true. It's true. (laughs) It can't be that easy. You can vomit on them all you want. Well, here are the 14 reasons. But if you just sit back and listen and not interrupt and be the consultant instead of the salesperson, your trust will increase. Right, right. I I just think that that's so valuable. And it's going to drive you a little bit crazy, uh, I think. I I have a mentor in my business, my real estate business. In order to get the sale, I frequently have to listen to people talk about things that I do not care about whatsoever. <laughs> Many times I do. I have to put that out there in case I have clients listening. Most of the time I do care. So you, you're not going to know which one I am because I'm so good <laughs> at uh, that, that line. But he told me once, he said, and he has a Southern accent. I'm not going to try to do it. So it sounds more, it sounds better in Southern. <laughs> but he says, when I knock on that door, I have to sit there and I have to tell myself, I'll I'll change his name for, for the record. I said, George, no matter what you do, turn off your phone, don't look at your phone, and worst case scenario, sit there and pretend like you give a crap for the next hour. <laughs> <laughs> and it's true. You just got to do it. That act by itself is more important than anything you have to say in response to what they're talking about. So true. So true. Act like you give a crap. <laughs> Worst case scenario. Nice. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. Again, some things aren't that interesting to you, but you can act interested. You can find things about that that are interesting. But again, it can be that easy if you just spend the time versus all about you and you need to vomit these things to be able to persuade them. Yeah. Yeah. Anything else you want to add on trust before we hang it up for the day? Uh, other one I'll add to that too is probably the most important thing about trust is your credibility, right? That could be what we talked about last podcast with your profession, maybe your history together, their experience with your company, with you or people like you. Credibility is important and, and your credibility could be an issue. If people are calling to complain or you don't get repeat business or there's no loyalty or they always need testimonials or references or they don't return your phone calls or canceling appointments, that could all point to lack of credibility. Yeah. And uh, there are a few things you can easily fix here that are important to understand. The first one, you can borrow credibility. This is so important to understand that you might go into a situation with low credibility and you need to borrow it. So what I do in my industry, I use endorsements and testimonials on the back of my books. That makes all the difference in the world. Right? I borrow credibility from Stephen Covey and Brian Tracy and 
Larry King and Mark Victor Hansen, Chicken Soup for the Soul. If they never heard of me, now all of a sudden that's credibility. So who can endorse you? Who can give you a testimonial? Who can recommend you? Who could introduce you? Who could say something nice about you? Who could send an email and say, yeah, I've worked with them before. They're awesome. You're barring credibility. Number one, you can do that easy to do, and people are happy to do that. Assuming you've got a good relationship and you've exceeded their expectations, people love to do that. Number two, because of the distrust we talked about earlier in the article today and the trust being at an all-time low, people are looking at for something that's wrong with you or your product or your service or your company. And it's counterintuitive sometimes. Give them something that's wrong with you, your product, your service, your company. And it actually increases trust. When you can reveal a weakness about the project, about the company, about you, about the service, it increases the trust. They're looking for something that's wrong. Do you want them to make one up or do you want to give them a minor mm -hmm. little weakness that you can turn into a strength? They're going to find it. They're going to find it anyway. You might as well reveal it. Not that you're an axe murderer or that your company's going bankrupt. I'm not talking about things like that. But if you can reveal a minor thing, reveal it. It increases trust. We all think we all have to be positive. No, reveal a minor thing that... For example, if you're coming from a company of 10 people and you're competing against a company of 100 people, that's a perceived weakness. They're going to find out anyway. Use it. Yep, we are smaller. But you know what? This is how you turn it into a strength. You won't fall through the cracks. We work on the weekends. You have my cell phone. You're going to be our number one project and just go through it and let them know and turn that weakness into a strength. That'll make a huge difference in your credibility. Excellent stuff, Kurt. Anything else you want to add? Main thing to understand with trust is that even though you're a trustworthy person, people don't necessarily trust you. Don't assume they trust you. You have to earn it piece by piece, drop by drop, and these techniques will help you out. There you go. That's good advice. So why don't we cue up the blunder? Oh, Homer, go. Don't, don't, don't. This is, uh, I'm going to be in, involved in this blunder. I wasn't the one that blundered. And um, I don't know, maybe there's just not a lot of merit to calling a scam artist a blunderer. But, uh, you know, if you're going to scam, you got to do it better, I guess. You know, if some of you have been uh, subjected to the scam where you're minding your own business and your phone rings and it's somebody with a really thick accent somewhere like the Islamic public of Iran. Shout out to our <laughs> listeners there. Um, <laughs> somebody with a really thick accent telling you that your network is compromised and your computer is not secure and they need you to go to a website and they're going to talk you through it. All right. Um, this is a well-known scam, and uh, I listened to the guy tell me this, and I said, yeah, this is a scam, and he said, no, it's not a scam, and I said, it's a scam, you know, I'm get, go to your website. He starts yelling at me, getting defensive, calling me a simpleton, and I said, <laughs> "I said, so I'm an idiot? Yes, yes, okay, have a nice day. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for reminding me, I already knew that. <laughs> yeah, and maybe this goes without saying, but even though I already knew it, calling me it is not going to get you anywhere. It's not going to make me say, oh, yeah, I'm going to go to the website, All right? So um, losing your cool with the prospect does not do anything. Like I found out with TSA a couple of weeks ago. So the scam, no trust whatsoever. It's time to move on to something else, and I guess maybe they're just going for the low-hanging fruit. But um, whether you're a scam artist or not, yelling at your prospect is never going to get you anywhere. Never going to help. Never going to help. That's true. And it feels good sometimes to yell at somebody and put them in their place for yeah. being dumb or stupid or hurting your feelings, but it shuts the door to influence and persuasion. Again, you might have fun with it, and that that's what you do, but you've lost your whole ability to influence and persuade that person. If that's your primary objective is to temporarily feel good, then I recommend yelling at them. But, and uh, a new profession. Yeah, new profession. Yeah, it's, 
This will accomplish those things. Yeah, it won't last very long. You'll feel good for a while yelling at people, proving that they're wrong. But, yeah, Yeah. all the doors of persuasion and influence will be slammed shut. Slammed shut. So that's the blunder, everybody. We appreciate you listening. Have a fantastic week. Make sure you follow us at InfluenceMax on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Check out universityofpersuasion.com. And you can also go to MaximizeYourInfluence.com. That's where we post the podcast episodes and the blog entries and the links to the articles and all that fun stuff. So be sure to check it out, and we'll catch you next week on another episode of Maximize Your Influence. Persuade with power. See you next week.